Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Hope you're doing well. Welcome to episode 198. I can't believe I am this close to having 200 episodes. I'm actually going to be doing a special episode for my 200th episode focused on housewives nostalgia. So this week, I would love for you guys to take to Instagram DM and reach out to me and let me know what things of housewives past do you miss and what things do you not miss? I'm talking things like sky tops, no glam squads, um, certain trips that happened. Just would love any sort of kind of nostalgia from the kind of 2006 to maybe 2013 days before Twitter really got out of hand. (laughs) Speaking of getting out of hand... Just wanted to make the disclaimer that this episode with Noor was recorded before everything with Diana Jenkins on social media got out of hand. Now, to quickly rehash what happened, my friend Chadwick posted on Twitter, uh, not a meme, but a picture side by side, two pictures of Diana, um, one which was likely sort of pre-plastic surgery and one from one of her confessional looks. And he said, my mind can't comprehend that this is the same woman. Now, a black content creator named Philly Diva posted and tagged uh, Diana. I thought maybe she was looking for things on the internet on her own, but she was tagged and said, I guess the first Diana was the one, the first one was uh, when she shopped in stores. And the second is when she was allergic to dust and doesn't know what an outlet is and made like kind of laughing faces. And Diana wrote back saying that the first picture was taken when she was speaking at UCLA's law school about war crimes and setting up a human rights clinic that she financed for war criminals to be brought to justice. And she was saying she was, you know, maybe 30 at the time, thinner, didn't have glam. And she said, but looks like the last picture is manipulated. Shame on you and your bullshit shopping. So then Philly Diva writes back, was like, holy shit, you had time today. And, you know, talks about how she basically looks like, you know, different in the photos. And that's pretty much what she had going on. Um, She also uh, referred to herself as a black content creator. And so then Diana responded, it can't feel good being a black content creator. Oh, my goodness. So then Crystal apparently called Diana uh, screaming, demanding to know why she wrote what she wrote. And guys, I have to be honest, and I think I am probably the only person in the world who thought this. And I was talking to Chadwick when it happened. I said, do you think there's any way that she thinks a black content creator means someone who posts dark, uh, negative uh, memes? Because I know she's Eastern European. My dad is Eastern European. Like I could see him thinking that's what a black content creator meant. Although 
to be honest, he wouldn't know what a content creator was, let alone a black content creator. So scratch that. But you know what I'm saying? I'm like, because that's the only way in which this sentence makes any sense. And he's like, oh, I didn't I didn't really think about that. And I'm like, well, I <laughs> to be fair, I don't think anyone's mind went there besides mine. But, um, you know, and it shouldn't be used in ex- as an excuse. And I was like, well, I hope it's not used as an excuse to explain her behavior because she needs to apologize and there really can't be excuses for this. Like she she should know at this point. And, you know, when I looked back and she capitalized the B in black, I didn't notice that the first time I looked at it. So that also is, um, she should just know. I don't know. It's so frustrating that these housewives get on these shows and, you know, the stuff with Jenny Nguyen and now this, it's like, I think Bravo needs to do some serious sensitivity training for everyone that ends up on their network. Because viewers, especially black viewers and black content creators, don't deserve this. I also think that there needs to be some sort of Bravo sphere literacy training for new Bravo talent because the more I listen to interviews with first-time housewives or people that just got on a Bravo show, all of them seem to be so unprepared for the like amount of incoming they're going to get on their social media and just how intense and almost rabid the fandom can be. You know, people are going to be making memes about them. They're going to be commenting on what they look like, what they say, what they do, what they did 20 years ago, what they think they're going to do tomorrow. All of it is going to be spoken about. Some of the content is going to be genuinely funny. Some is going to be snarky. Some is going to be downright nasty. And some will be blatantly false. But it's not helpful to respond to all of it, especially a creator that has a couple hundred followers. Like, why are you spending your time doing that? And I feel like, Diana, for someone who has been in the public eye for so long, did not expect to be torn apart by Bravo fans the way we tear apart everyone, right? She was just not expecting this. And so I think she took it as being bullied and responded in such. And you just, I don't know, get a thicker skin. Like, I don't have thick skin. I don't go on TV. (laughs) I would never in a million years want to subject myself to people like me who sit back and judge and make assumptions about people that we don't know. This is our fun. This is what we do. And, you know, you just have to know that it's kind of it comes with it. And all this from someone who called Sutton clumsy with her words. Well, Miss Diana Jenkins is certainly clumsy with her words at best. So, whew. But I do want to know if any of you listening did have the same inkling that I did, which was like, maybe she's thinking that what black content creator means is something different. But Um, probably not. I'm probably the only asshole who tried to give her the benefit of the doubt. Um, All right. In other Housewives news, it is primarily Beverly Hills Housewives news. 
Erica said that she shouldn't be judged for splurging on glam. But then this week it came out that she owes $2 million in back taxes and legal bills. And now this is not at all the same situation, but it did remind me a bit on Married to Medicine, and I forgot what season, Toya Bush Harris is you know, just having trouble reigning in her spending, despite the fact that her and her husband owe the IRS some money. And at one point, her lovely husband, Eugene, is kind of like trying to get her attention. It's like, hey, this house, like this is our biggest bill. Like we're sitting in our biggest bill right now and we cannot pay this money back living in this gigantic house. So they had to downsize and they had to make some changes to their lifestyle for a temporary period of time to pay off that money. And he had to work a lot more. And so I don't know why Erica is not taking the money that she owes the IRS as seriously as she should be. I mean, they could take her passport and she could no longer get to go to Mexico on private jets. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, The other thing that came up this week was on TikTok, a teenager who was allegedly friends with Sutton's daughter made claims that she stopped being friends with Sutton's daughter because Sutton was racist towards her. So it'll be interesting to see if that plays out more at the reunion, if this story about Sutton's daughter and all of her friends in the hot tub is the real story that Crystal said was dark, but I personally think that she said something else that was problematic and she agreed not to bring it up on camera. And I feel like she's protecting Sutton. And I don't know, in these housewives worlds, it's sort of an every woman for herself. So I'm kind of like, I think you can break your promise and be a worse friend and stick up for yourself. But um, I don't think that would be true to who Crystal's like is as a person. that makes any sense. Okay, finally, I've heard that there is going to be a Real Housewives of Cape Town. Now, it's not produced by Bravo. It's one of the international franchises that's not a Bravo franchise. But my goodness, I want to watch that so badly. For those of you who don't know, I lived in Cape Town in 2005 for like six or seven months. I am obsessed with it. It is my favorite city in the entire world world. And it's a super complex city as well in terms of its history and racial dynamics and everything. So I'm just fascinated. And if anyone knows more about it or where it's going to eventually be streaming, please let me know. I haven't been great at figuring out how to see these international franchises. So I do need to do a little bit more digging into how to watch them. Anyway, today's episode is so fun. I had the best time talking with Noor from The Reality Is and just wanted to make that disclaimer that this was recorded in advance of everything that happened with Diana and obviously we do not condone anything she did or said. Um, As always, if you enjoy the podcast, give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. If you have any constructive criticism, comments, thoughts, or especially nuggets of housewives nostalgia that you want to share with me, please reach out to me in my DMs at Mandy Slutsker on Twitter and Instagram. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then back with Noor from The Reality Is. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone. Well, she has been requested to be on the pod and she is here. We've got Noor from The Reality Is. How are you doing? Oh, my God. <laughs> I honestly can't believe anybody requested. It was probably just Arthi. Just no, like it wasn't. My name in. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> Making <Arthi>. fake accounts <laughs> requesting for me. Okay. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. How are you doing? Are you enjoying the summer of Bravo? You know, <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I I am loving the summer of Bravo. Um, you know, some of it is a little bit annoying. Um, but otherwise, I'm enjoying myself. I, I am. I You know, even outside of housewife stuff, I do feel like like, I really enjoyed Candy and the Gang. I really enjoy um, Love Match Atlanta, which is on on Sunday nights. Like, that's like a sleeper hit. I feel like ev- I feel like it's it's a great show to, like, once you're done watching it, like, Real Houses of Atlanta. Like, if you're a podcaster and you're watching Real Houses of Atlanta and you're taking a bunch of notes, it's, like, a great show to just, like, throw your laptop away and then just, like, watch and enjoy. It's, like, light and refreshing and silly. It's great. So, like, I actually really oh. enjoy the Bravo content right now. I don't I, watch any Below Deck. I don't watch Below Deck either. I I've been saving Candy and the gang for when I get COVID because I know it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> and I need to show, right? Yeah, you have yeah, to yeah. have, like, a show to binge. Um, but what I've been binging is trying to catch up on Married to Medicine. Ooh. So I can be ready for when the next season comes. But I don't know if I'm going to be ready, if I can do it in time. But I just finished season six. Oh, that's that's very impressive. Yeah. I also um, I think a little bit of a hack for me because I did this uh, with Miami, Real Houses of Miami. Is I think that sometimes if you're getting into a new Bravo show in like a time crunch and you don't want to watch all of it because there's so much stuff. Like now we're talking like it's twelve seasons of Beverly Hills. It's like if you haven't watched the beginning, just forget it. But like <laughs> a good thing, a life hack is you watch the first season to get a vibe of everybody. And then after that, you watch the premiere, the finale, and the reunion. Reunion, yes, for sure. That's it. But I've loved Married to Medicine so much that there's no way I could skip. But with Miami, season Mm -hmm. one was eh, but season Mm -hmm. two was so good. I loved it. Incredible! It is incredible. With like, and first, first of all, there's like. 18 housewives that season like there's so many people in Miami in season two and then Joanna Krupa is like she's like the original and you know I love Candace Dillard but she's like the original teeny tiny beautiful maniac like she is the original she did it before Candace Dillard did it like she is just gorgeous and just so crazy and so mean but also so wildly entertaining. <laughs> so mean. Oh, man. So mean. <laughs> and like mean to her sister. It's just terrible. Oh, it was just, it was a, oof. 
It was a an interesting one to rewatch post like Me Too also because yes. there's a yes. lot of stuff that comes up where like they have Joe Francis over and oh like my oh my god and Leah Black is on her high horse all the time on Twitter, if you ever follow her, about she's like the most moral person, always calling out people's like poor behavior and political stances. Yet she's befriended Joe Francis, who's (laughs) been in jail. Oh, and yes. admitted to like sleep to raping a child like yeah. like a 16 or 17 year old girl you can't consent at that age and then her husband we find out represented Jeffrey Epstein you know <laughs> like come on you do not get to dictate everyone else as being like the arbiter of the morality and the morality police when that's your life yes exactly yeah mm-hmm sorry and I thought I was gonna love her because I really enjoyed her in the beginning yeah I actually thought that she was like um she was like a polished Leah Black to me when I watched it felt like a polished like well put together like a cultured Ramona you know like you're kind of wacky wacky smart you have 60 blonde friends that show up to every event. <laughs> yeah. You know everybody. You got like these. And then she's got like kind of like a Sonia thing to her because she had like a drag queen that used to was like part of her entourage that was like always stirring up stuff. Like it felt like a like a Sonia move. <laughs> oh you know? <laughs> like, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. She was like fun on the show. And then, yeah, when you get to know her, like real, like all these connections she has in real life, you're like, you know, it's always a good reminder and this is important because as we we talk about some of the shows that are on Bravo right now, it's a good reminder that nobody normal, nobody good goes on reality TV. Okay, yeah. like <laughs> you're not. Yeah, things, it's, are, things are wrong. Up, things upstairs. are a little off. If that's what you're seeking, if you happen yes. to like stumble upon reality mm-hmm. TV, which I do think a few housewives have. Yeah, where they haven't sought it out, it's. I find it incredibly entertaining, but it is different. The ones that are like seeking the fame and spending Mm -hmm. a lot of their social media time on it. Yes. That's what feels off. I think it's more Mm -hmm. normal to not have a Twitter account or to let someone, you know, run your own Instagram so that you don't have to deal with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. I want to jump immediately into The Real Housewives of Dubai, and Mm -hmm. I have not listened to your last Mm -hmm. few episodes because I want to get your full take on the series. We're about three episodes in. Mm -hmm. We've got six housewives, and I think a lot more diversity than I was expecting. Yeah, I love it. Um, You know, I can already tell that there's a lot of people who don't, who aren't, who aren't thrilled, right? Like, Yes, if you go from a, a you know a full baked machine like Beverly Hills and then you start to watch a brand new franchise, I think that we've got a little bit of like this impatience with with a lot of housewives now, right? It's like, come on, let's get to it. Like, let's do some like crazy drama. And it's like, no, that doesn't just like happen on a very first season. In fact, it kind of did in Salt Lake City. And we were like, ugh, like, calm down, Gentra. You know, I think that what I like about Dubai is that, first of all, yes, super diverse cast. The stories are not necessarily like so fascinating in terms of like the storyline. But I always say this petty drama 
around miscommunications in social circles of friends is like a tale as old as time. It transcends all uh, boundaries, languages, <laughs> social statuses. Like <laughs> it doesn't matter who you are, if you're in high school or if you're in your 30s or your 40s or even into like your 60s, it's always going to happen. And these things happen. And when you televise it and when you record it and you have to watch it back and then you have to do confessionals, it adds these layers of shade. And I think it's extremely entertaining. Um, so I think I, I can I can already see that happening on the show, because I think right now the show, the show initially was presented as and it's very obvious that it's even being filmed as Caroline Stanberry is the <clears throat> center pile of gold, if you will. Right. She's holding <laughs> she's the center <laughs> pile of gold. And the show is supposed to be, you know, Caroline Stanberry, this former lady of London. And now it's her show and it's her time to shine back on Bravo and blah, blah, blah. But it's very clear three episodes in that she's really not like she thinks that she is. She thinks that she is, you know, everybody's going to be crawling up her ass. And it's wonderful to see that some of these women are really not about it and they're not interested in being her friend, her friend. And it's actually um, a detriment to Caroline Stanberry because the world seems to move without her in Dubai. In Dubai, she is just another expat with lots of money um, because and even on this cast, like you have this Amarathi woman, Sarah Almandani, who is she's like related to royalty. Like she doesn't need you. She is. Yes. <gasps> so no wonder it's like she was able to get out of those two bankruptcies. And what I think is <laughs> going to be a third because she's invested in NFTs. <laughs> like, Did she had invested in that? What is that? The, the ape one that just like got stolen or something? I don't I don't understand <laughs> NFTs, guys. Question Me neither. One. I just know it's a bad idea because no one <laughs> yeah. who invests in it can explain it. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm also nervous for Nina's husband who was like, I made all this money and then I invested it all into cryptocurrency. I was like, oh, no. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, if he's smart, he yeah. I'm sure he, you know, decided yeah. to spread that wealth via a portfolio sure. that included crypto. That's what yes. I would hope. <laughs> I know. I know. She seems incredibly wealthy. Um, what, so tell me what you think of Sarah, because thus far she's been the only woman that I've noticed on the show talking about Arab culture mm -hmm. and about being Muslim. And, yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I initially, like I, I said this on our podcast and, um, I just, I always say this is that there's something really incredible for me as a Muslim American woman to watch Real Housewives, a Real Housewives franchise that started with Arabic, right? Like the very first episode, the first voice you hear is Sarah Elmadani talking in Arabic. The very first word she says is Alhamdulillah, which is like, thank God, right? Like it's, it's something that we say so casually all the time for me to hear that on a television show on Bravo. It's amazing. Like that is not something I could have imagined when I was like in, you know, a freshman college watching the first season of New York. Right. Like it's amazing for me to experience that. It's amazing to see this representation. I really liked her a lot on the show. I liked her a lot in the first episode. The second episode, I thought it was cute seeing her at home with her family. Third episode, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I see so many red flags with you. So many red flags with you. Okay. First of all, she's like, you know, 
I've been doing fashion since I was 15. I was a fashion designer. Okay. And then I had multiple, I did, I did fashion for 20 years. I'm like, you were 15. Like, what do you mean you did? What do you mean you are a fashion designer at 15? What are you talking about? And then she keeps being like, you know, I'm really popular with European magazines because I'm so rebellious. I'm like, um, I don't know what that even, you have tattoos. I get it. It is rebellious for where you are, but you're able to do all these things because you are extremely privileged. You do not represent a, the average Arab woman. And I, and I know that because you are not the average Arab woman. You are a wealthy Arab woman. You're an extremely well-connected Arab woman. And there's a huge difference between what you can get away with and what a middle-class Arab girl can get away with. It's, it's, and in, I get what she's trying to do, right? What she's trying to do is say, like, everybody who is wagging their fingers against uh, the Emirates and all of the shit that we have going on here, don't worry, like, we're progressing too, which is true. These two things can be true. There can be a lot of progress, but at the same time, ma'am, you are not, <laughs> you are not representing the average, right. you know, the life of an average person. But then again, Neither do most housewives. Right. I Anywhere. think she is coming on pretty good for a housewife and yes. that she's got this delusions of grandeur yes. talking about all these amazing things she's done. It reminded me very Sonia Morgan of all of her businesses. Yes. It was like, oh, I know what she's doing. But because she sounds reasonable, like she does when she talks, you really buy her bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like I, w- I was like totally, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. And then I was yeah. like, what the fuck? You, said, you know, and then NFTs and then I went bankrupt twice. I was like, what is going on? Like, you've been in, you've been, you're like what? She's probably what, 38, 39. Okay. I'll give her max 40. And you've, you've got, you've had two bankruptcies by the time you turned 40. That is not good. I know. Who are you, PK? Like, (laughs) exactly. There was something. It's so funny that you said it was Sonia. There was something about watching her have the photo shoot with her voicing over talking about all the things that she's done and how she's so wanted and how she's so rebellious. Like, it reminded me almost of like also Luann, like back in the day. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. And a little bit of a Larsa Pippen. And she's like, I'm on Harper's Bazaar. Vietnam. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She's like, you know, these European publications want to like have me um, on the cover. I do well in Europe because I'm so rebellious. But she also is like, my publicist got me this. Like, yeah, your publicist sent out a bunch of emails and was like, this girl's about to be on Real Housewives of Dubai. (laughs) Like, would you like to photograph her? Like, come on. We know how this works. I loved watching. Nina and um, Carolyn go to the Atlantis suite. I'm telling you, I am the only reason I would go to Dubai, truly, because I feel like it's almost like a glorified Vegas where it's like it is. It's all Mm -hmm. fake. Like it's buildings and that kind of stuff. That's not that exciting to me. Yeah. But to see to be able to take a bath and look into an aquarium is probably one of the top goals of my life. Or to like sleep and there be a shark on the other side. I would love that. Oh, Oh, I love marine life. Like love, love, love. So fascinated, excited. Like, 
we're literally going back to the Hamptons this year. I went to the Hamptons um, on vacation last year because I saw a whale the first day oh, we were at. Okay. The, I was like, oh my God, there's a whale. I figured out what kind it was. I was like, anyways, I think that looked so cool. And I was not interested in their conversation because I do think Nina is mashed potatoes with no butter. She is so mashed potatoes with no butter. I just done the topic of sleeping with with the sharks, if you will, <laughs> in New Jersey. That means something very different. Oh um, yeah, to sleep with the fishes. <laughs> <laughs> but Good thing it, this is Dubai and not Real Housewives of Jersey. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but uh, that's my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> if I woke up and I saw fish staring at me, I'd be like, I got to go. I will sleep at like, you know, a Motel 6 if you need me to. But I I would just be terrified that the thing will break. The thing will break and then I will drown. Oh, I the thought has literally never crossed my mind. I'm so sorry for I'm, having you cross your and mind. You know what? Even if it, I'd be, it'd be worth it. Like, <laughs> my favorite thing about Monique's house from Potomac <laughs> is that aquarium. I was like, I would buy a house just for an aquarium like that. I would okay. love it. You know? Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> gotta get your thoughts on Ayan. Oh, God. I love her so much. Me too. I've been obsessed since I saw <laughs> the trailer. Like, I'm yes. obsessed with everything about her. So initially, obviously, you have this fear, right? Like, we've all been burned by Jensha, basically. We've been burned by these, like, try-hard women that have clearly studied TV shows and everything. But the thing about uh, Chanel Ayan is that she is telling a story from a perspective that we have not seen before. Sure, she could have been influenced by watching NeNe Leaks or watching... She Apparently, Kim Richards is one of her favorite, right? Like, <laughs> Good she, taste. Yeah, great taste. I think that, yes, she could be influenced by that. But again, the reason what why she is so unique is because she is a Kenyan woman. She's an Ethiopian Somalian woman from Kenya who married. I don't know what her husband is. Is he is he from yours? He's from I, Idaho. OK, <laughs> I remember he, that from the first episode. And he, he, can't he, stop uh, laughing because like of all the states, the- it's a pretty rare place to be from. Not a large population. Midwest guy, this Midwestern American, right? And like she lives in the Middle East. And it's not like the thing I find so fascinating about her is that she isn't all this like glam and talk and all this stuff without any, with nothing to back it up. Like she, we learned that she has a modeling agency. We learned that she wasn't trying to be a model. Somebody just said, you should try to. I mean, the fact that somebody came up to her at the mall and tried to make her a model, I was like, that has happened to every girl in America when she's gone to the mall. Like, do you not remember this? Like, like in the early, in the like late 90s, two. early 2000s? Yeah. yeah, you would go in and there were like these guys that were like, you too could be a model. And then like, you know, I was like, I, I know I don't have a chance to have a mustache. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like, you know, you were young and skinny and blonde, probably. <laughs> there was a lot of girls in high school that were like, I'm going to be a model because somebody at the mall <laughs> told me that I could. Right. So like the fact that it actually worked it out for her, I don't I'm not saying that she was like right. scammed by someone at the mall, but. The fact that it worked out for her and the fact that she has like a very seems like a very lovely husband, a loving relationship and this like great son. And she can have these moments where we're getting like a real family. I'm not as I'm not like I feel better about all of it. Like, I don't feel like 
she's going to gen us, you know, and I feel like she has a real story to tell again that we've never seen before. And, and I think that's what makes new housewives interesting is when you have an actual exciting story, like Salt Lake city, I will say as much as like, I got over it after, I don't know, like four episodes, it is interesting that mm-hmm. Heather gay, you know, broke from the church that she belonged to. And she was so fundamentally involved in it is exciting that um Whitney had a similar kind of like this like very racy you know relationship and stuff that stuff is interesting to me um but nothing else in any of those other stories was that fascinating I actually thought always like Mary was really an interesting character because we'd never seen anybody like her before so like with Chanel Leon Yes, she might do these like really cringy things, but everything she says is so unique. And I feel like she is in on the joke. She's in on the fact that she she like she knows she's wildly entertaining. And I think that that's what I love about her because she seems like a genuine human being in other moments. And she knows when to turn it on for the cameras. Her on Watch What Happens Live was one of the funniest episodes as she was so good and in the top of her head and being shit-faced like she was just had these quick witty comebacks and everything she said was funny and then she's like I'm so drunk Gundy like I can't uh, sorry my accents I can't do any of them (laughs) only accent I can do is Russian it comes up terrible (laughs) but I love I just love everything about her I love her story I love the part of the world that she's in love yeah. Kenya and that whole like Somali Kenyan like the the because the tribe goes into Somalia and down into Kenya what yeah. I mean I don't know why it took me until I was 25 or whatever to realize that people can be of the same tribe but from different countries like yeah that yeah. it was when I saw two people one from Uganda and one from Kenya speaking the same tribal language and they were from the same tribe. I'm like, yeah, but she's from Uganda. And it's like, oh, <laughs> do you think the yeah. colonists cared when they drew the lines? Yeah, where the they lines? drew the lines. And I was like, exactly. oh, my God, I'm such an idiot. I just assumed you would speak <laughs> different languages. And, yeah. you know, but yeah, love her. Find her so funny. And that goat story, like just the fact that she like shows up with different gifts, a whole pot of lemons, some onions, and then a freaking goat and, then they had to, and it's so, I think, Middle Eastern to be able to post on Facebook, I lost a goat in District 3, <laughs> and have someone be like, I think I found your goat in my yard. It's just, Because it's, it's so such good. a thing, like districts and stuff, like that yeah. was, it's how so many, at least like Middle Eastern cities I've been to, or even yeah. Bangladesh, they have like yeah. oh, a district. Like, and yeah. and Facebook is such a common way for people yes. in a community mm-hmm. to communicate. I'm literally mainly on it to stay in touch with my international friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. It was it's it's uh it's very quintessential. That's how we communicate. Because yes. like people don't realize. <laughs> Like in America, you have these like central services, right? Like where you you can can call animal control and tell them that there is a goat on the loose. There is no animal control in a lot of these countries. Like I was born in Saudi Arabia. I lived there until I was 10. My parents settled there in the 70s and like had their three kids there. My my parents, we lived there until 1995. And there, these central services didn't exist. We didn't have them. You couldn't call, you couldn't call <laughs> animal control to report a goat. So you do have to do it on Facebook and like now, 
Or like you have to just kind of like put a feeler out to your neighborhood. Be like, if anybody sees a goat, I guess, just like wrangle them back to my house. But like, we don't have this. That's a bit, that's just an American thing. Like it it's is. a European thing. A lot of these countries don't have it. So yeah, it was hilarious. Oh my gosh. Um, any thoughts on Lisa, her company, Mina Rowe, uh, Brooks? Yes. Yeah, so I love Lisa Milan. I think she is. I think she's everything. Like she's just so she's so first of all, she's like the youngest housewife, I think. Um, currently. How old is she? She's only like 32. Oh, gosh. OK. Yeah. So so I know that at the time when she joined, Ashley Darby was the youngest person, youngest housewife there ever was, I think. But now I think she's older than Ash- or she's younger than Ashley. But um, I think she's just so cute and she's uh, so so loyal and she's very um, she's very sure of who she is. And I really like that about her. I was nervous about her initially because it felt like she was a little bit of like a, a sitting on the fence. And I was like, anybody who plays Switzerland gets burned on Housewives. But I love the fact that she's very much like, no, we like this is my friend. She came into a room. You all kind of ganged up on her. And I'm not going to back down until the person who started the gang up says sorry. And then mm-hmm. she went on Twitter and she said something like, initially, we all talked about like not coming for each other and like really trying to get to know each other before filming started. And she said, before filming started, Caroline Stanberry told us you can call me Stanberry. And that one is Brooks, like Caroline Brooks and Stan- Stanberry, because that's actually what they did on Ladies of London. They all called her Stanberry. So when Chanel Ayan comes in and says, hey, Stanberry, and Caroline is so mean to her about it, that's apparently the reason for, like, the big fight is that she was, like, so standoffish and so rude to Chanel Ayan oh, that interesting. that's what kind of escalated everything. And, and let's just say it, the fourth wall, like, let's break the fourth wall. It's about filming, right? Like, you didn't want Chanel Ayan to come to filming mm-hmm. uh, at this hen party. You don't know Caroline Brooks. You don't really know Lisa Milan, but you do know Chanel Ayan. That's what Ayan's point is. She's like, I've known her the longest. It's really weird that she would invite all these other people and then not invite me. And then Brooks is like rubbing it in her face. And I just love that Lisa is able to kind of like push away the noise and be like, look, this is this is mean. It's mean. It's not nice. Like it's like she's being rude and i think that that is what makes this like little tiff fascinating is that caroline stanberry really thinks that everyone's going to be up her ass trying to be her friend what she doesn't realize that lisa milan is not going to do that and she's going to back up her girl chanel and and that and then you have the teams and it's Mm -hmm. wonderful and that's what makes housewives housewives it does Speaking of teams, are you ready to jump to Atlanta? Because I feel like there's been so many shifting dynamics on (laughs) this week. So first of all, I love that Marlo had a party to cheer up Sheree. Everything about it was so sweet. But the crap that she was talking about Candy and Kenya shook me to my core. I almost forgot that that was what Marlo was like because she's been so funny and delightful. But to say, and she's such, she's such a misogynist. Like, I I know she's a woman, but when she said, like, Candy's for her, 
herself. She was a dumb hoe who effed everyone for free, which is why she needs to date underneath her tax bracket. I'm sorry, date. She's married to this man for like eight years. Is that not good enough for you? And then Kenya was a video hoe who went through every rapper in America but didn't get a ring. Okay. It's like, it's, it's wild because you're exactly right. I was like, man, Marlo is delightful. She seems great. She seems so sweet. Like I can understand why I'm not saying that Marlo is a prostitute guys. Not that there's anything wrong with sex work. Okay. Work, work for your money. But, um, I can see why an older man would spend money to have Marlo's company because she seems like such a fun person to have a conversation with, right? Like she Mm -hmm. seems like she's really understanding and she listens and she really like responds. And then for her to like do this like massive shift and go back to just being like so nasty and so rude, if you will, it was just like, I was like, I don't even know where this is coming from. It it seemed like almost, I don't know. It like, I can't tell if it's like made up, like, or if that's just who she really is. And she just kind of got tired of putting up a facade. But I want to believe that that's not who she is. Or like, did the producers get in her ear and say like, Marlo, we really need you to shake some shit up. And this is what she did. I think she wanted to make Candy in particular work for her check because Candy Mm. doesn't give us a whole lot. And I think Candy didn't give us a whole lot because she didn't feel truly safe with Portia and Phaedra. And I feel like now that Portia's gone, Candy's sharing more and is being more herself. Mm. But she's also very focused on herself and on her things going on and less on Mm. other people. And I think that's a valid criticism of her. But yeah, yeah, I think Marlo is really coming for Candy because Candy's never, I don't know, sharing that much. She's always kind of being the Switzerland, but everyone's Mm -hmm. okay with it. Mm -hmm. And Marlo's like, "Uh -uh -uh uh-uh-uh-uh. I'm going to come for you and I'm going to make this interesting for people to watch. Yeah, I think it's um, it, people don't like Candy because Candy also is kind of like she's not emotional until she is emotional. Right. And she's very much like like even Shuri getting mad at Candy for like not checking in on her and stuff. But like Candy's also the kind of person that's going to be like, I told you so about this prison bay like you know candy's not the kind of person to like rub your rub your back and make you cupcakes she's just not like we've never we've never seen her to be that kind of a person and not that she doesn't care about you she does care about you but she's just not that like warm and fuzzy kind of person but also it's because she's she's all about her bags right like she has her job she has businesses she's got money to collect and she's got like opportunities to like you know capitalize on and that's why she is as as successful as she is and I think the other thing like what you just brought up um Mani from Mixing and Mani she pointed out that Candy gets paid the most and she does the least on the show and it probably drives Marlo in particular through the roof like it probably drives her nuts but the thing is like that's on you guys for not negotiating better that's on you guys for not being as good as Candy is at like securing her bags. So I know I just deep in my heart, it's like, I know I could never be an entrepreneur because if I got to Candy's level of success, I would be like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Like, I don't understand why she keeps going. (laughs) It's so it's (laughs) bewildering to me. It's like, don't you have enough money? Like, why don't you enjoy yourself? 
You but know I what? think she enjoys the business ventures. She loves yeah. it. Yeah. Also, once you watch Candy and the Gang, you'll see where Candy really like shines. She's like okay. a mentor. She's re- really like just um, she I feel like she does a lot of things so that the people around her can have more and more opportunities. And I think that's I mean, I love Candy. I've always loved her. Yeah. Her big thing is like helping black young people like achieve wealth and you know be able to pass it on to their kids and like I think that's absolutely amazing and I think she's a more natural I don't what's the word like not mentor but I don't know almost like mother figure kind of business mentor than Mm -hmm. Lisa Vanderpump ever was like it was always clearly fake with Lisa Vanderpump but with Candy if she takes you under her wing like you know that that's real yeah, Candy's not looking for you to like it. Like Lisa Vanderpump famously loves a broken bird because she wants to, the broken bird to come back so she can repair their wings and then they can be indebted to her. Yeah, and then but she doesn't really repair all the way because she wants you to fall again, right? Like that's Lisa Vanderpump because she keeps you under control. Candy legit is like, I want you to fly as far as you can. And it's okay if you don't come back because I just want you to do amazing. And like, you really see that in Candy and the Gang. Like, you really see how much she loves these kids that like work under her. And like, I just, yeah, there's a, that you're, that's, that comparison is absolutely spot on because also because the two shows were about restaurant workers. Um, but, but that's why I'm so excited to watch it because I effing yeah. loved Vanderpump Rules. And yes. I am, that's why I'm holding on to it for COVID. For COVID. <laughs> When the Rona gets you. When the Rona gets me, you all will know because I will be (laughs) just like in bed with Kleenex watching Candy and the gang. (laughs) I love that you call them Kleenex and not tissues. Oh, I always call them Kleenex. I feel like it's a very specific immigrant thing. We do that where we call things by their brand and not by what the actual item is. My dad is also really obsessed with Kleenex. It's super, super (laughs) weird, but he needs to have like either one Kleenex box or multiple in every room. And I have no idea why. It's like the only thing that like you have to have. So when him and Joyce came uh, last month, I bought like two extra boxes of Kleenex. So one Uh could be in the room that they stayed in and one in like the main area and then I have one like in the bathroom you know in my bathroom when I have allergies like I only needed one box of Kleenex but my dad was like you know you could use another box of Kleenex like this one is like (laughs) my um my linen closet one shelf it's all Kleenex boxes oh yeah no my dad has so many and he and he does this with like every like Lysol he had so much Lysol when the pandemic happened he started shipping it to people because he'd been hoarding it from Costco for for like a decade (laughs) he He had like 20 20 boxes of like not just the he had the spray he had the wipes he had everything he sent toilet paper to my grandpa in New York who like couldn't leave his apartment for two months straight you know I was like, yeah, oh, it's, you know, it's that like scarcity PTSD yes, that all of they all have. Oh God! Or like uh, when you when you send them to the grocery store to get, and my mom would always be like three bananas, and he would get like three dozen bananas, you know, or like yes. it, she's like, I said three, mm-hmm. and he's like, but it was 
cheaper yep. per each one to get uh-huh. this many. And yeah. I was like, what am I going to do with all these bananas? <laughs> She's yep. like making banana bread, like putting yeah. it in her cereal. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, uh. my gosh. Um, so question. Thoughts on Sonia, both as a new housewife and how she's positioning herself kind of against um, Drew. <laughs> yeah. So I think Sonia, by the way, as a first as as a housewife, I think she's great. I think she's a great addition. You know, apparently she had her own reality TV show before. I've She's, heard. So I never watched it, but people did. I think um, I think maybe Taria mentioned it or yes, Stephanie that's from where I heard it from. mentioned it. And that her family and, was yeah. like hilarious in it. Yeah. So I feel like she has all the makings of a great housewife. Her husband is so freaking hot. Like, I, I love all of it. Um, the few moments we've gotten from her mother, I'm like, I love this lady. Like, please give me more screen time of her. Um, so I think she's doing great there. I think that Sonia was brought onto the show under this, like, you're Drew's friend. And Sonia immediately was like, I don't need to be this bitch's friend. Like, I don't need to be <laughs> drop it like Drew's, like, this Ponzi scheme ass Drew and Ralph friend. And so I feel like she kind of started doing these things to kind of very, very obviously move herself away from these people. It's just that she's doing a very clunky job of it, right? Like she did two things. She immediately talked to Kenya about how whack she thought Drew was in New York. And then she realized, I just said it to Kenya and I don't really know her that well. So let me then tell Drew around the group what it is that I've said to Kenya. The problem was that Sonia didn't do a good job of explaining what the problem was. Right. And then she just looked like she flubbed it. And then, you know, she did this thing with the inviting and disinviting and all that. It definitely is. All of those things were very calculated. Of course, she invited Kenya and Candy to the photo shoot because they are the most popular. Hi, hello. It's the same reason why Drew invited Candy and Sonia over to taste like three shrimps and four broccoli, <laughs> right? Like, like first of all, Candy doesn't care about any of that stuff. Secondly, somebody is like, ma'am, I just got to know you. And I know for a fact that this is bullshit. Like Sonia, Drew, Drew did to Sonia what Sonia did to Candy and Kenya. And that, that's kind of what they all do when they come on these shows. They all are trying to like get their like little side businesses to pop off. So I see what she's doing. I just don't think she's very like, like slick about it. And I like, I actually find it very funny that now we can openly talk about what's going on, right? Like Marlo being like, you're doing this because of the followers. It's true. But at the same time, like Marlo, you were up everyone's ass for years to try to get on the show. So like, who are you to say anything about Sonia? You know? Yeah, I am enjoying a little bit of the fourth wall breaking that they're allowing for sure. Yeah, It's been fun to watch. I think Sonia so naturally fits with this group of women. Yeah, that's been kind of fun. Like she's not intimidated by them. She gives off an energy that she can go toe to toe with them. So I really I appreciate that about her. And Drew is one of my favorite villains that doesn't realize she's a villain. (laughs) Like she has no idea that she's the nasty one. Like she is. It's just so funny to me. (laughs) Drew has Drew has like the um, the passion and 
and um, delusion of Jax Taylor believing that he's going to be the um, social media manager of an ice <laughs> the hockey Tampa team Bay. in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like By that's the way, what drew. Yeah. Did you yeah. hear about what happened with Jax and Brittany and Stassi and Bo? So I know that they didn't go to the wedding. Yeah. So apparently, and I'm like multiple weeks behind on this. Um, they so Stasi and Bo had a very like small wedding in Italy because yeah. they like couldn't yeah. get their money back, and they cut so many people who normally would have come just for costs. But they kept Jackson Brittany because they were so close and they were had babies at the same time yeah. and all of that. Jax was in a group chat with a bunch of guys, including Bo and Bo's friends, and was like talking shit about the wedding and how they weren't going to go and how he was going to a golf tournament instead. And it kept happening. And then they would like say, like, are you guys coming? Oh, yeah, we're coming. We're, you know, all that stuff. Like, we got our flights. We got this. And then they finally like it kept happening. So they confronted them two weeks before. Like, we really need to know. We understand if you can't make it. It's like really far and all that stuff and like no no we'll be there like ignore what he said or whatever we'll be there well then two hours before they leave for the airport like Stasi gets like a huge long text from Brittany with all of these excuses Cruz's passport didn't come um their mom her mom's friend died and couldn't watch the the baby and all this stuff and they were like, it's not that you didn't come. It's that you like completely disregarded yeah. this whole thing and could have, you know, told us a long time ago. And yeah. it was just so rude. And they're like, they're like not friends anymore. Well, well I mean, we knew that that was going to happen. Eventually. Right. Right. Didn't, like, wasn't it Lisa that said, Brittany, if you marry this man, you will spend the rest of your life apologizing for him. I mean, I'm, that sounds like a Lisa thing to say, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we all knew that, right? Like, ugh, like oh, Candy wow. telling Sheree about Tyrone. Yeah, exactly. Told you so. Like, this is, this is, you know, you, you, um, what is it? Like you sleep with the, with pigs, you're going to get some mud on your hands. Is that a thing? I just made it up. I think it makes sense. Although aren't pigs like really clean? Are they? I've I've heard that they're cleaner animals. That's not what the Torah tells me. Yeah, but... not the Quran either. <laughs> or my mother, who basically yeah, implies exactly. she would haunt us if we ever picked up a piece of bacon. So much so that my dad calls it chicken bacon now if it comes on anything. He's like, it's just, it's chicken. <laughs> I still haven't actually had pork. Um, really? Ever. Oh, all right. I don't know. It's like by this point, years. if I have it, I'll get sick. <laughs> yeah. So there's no yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, I have I recently it. discovered shrimp and man, <laughs> I was missing out. <laughs> Not the shrimp that uh, Drop It by Drew serves, man. Those <laughs> no, looked no, really no. bad, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shall we move on to Beverly Hills? <laughs> I guess if we have to. Oh, my God. <laughs> I do love Beverly Hills and I don't I mind how slow moving it is. I kind yeah. of feel like I'm taking a Xanax when I watch it, <laughs> like without actually taking one, because they're all kind of so slowly moving through the storyline, but yeah. it's glossy and it's yeah. pretty to watch and they're pretty to watch. And so yeah. I don't mind it so much, but yeah. thoughts on... Okay, first off, Erica and Rinna. 
becoming champions for Crystal in this episode. <laughs> Such bullshit. They're champions for Crystal. But then when Kyle is like, so what was Crystal crying about? They're like, I have no idea. <laughs> but also, did you have any idea? Because she was crying so much, but it didn't you couldn't hear her actually say anything. She couldn't actually say anything. And then it was interesting because they didn't even let her really say anything, right? Like they were just like, she was crying, like ugly crying, ugly crying, ugly crying. And all you see is, you know, Erica kind of being like, you got it, honey. Like, don't worry, don't quit, don't leave. Here, let's get you another drink. Like she's, Crystal's hammered. She's hammered. She's sobbing. Erica's like, <laughs> so sad. <laughs> she's like, let's get some more margaritas in her. And then the whole time they're just like, Filling her up with like, you got this. You can fight against that. And don't be sad. Don't worry. Here's the thing. Like, I I wouldn't be surprised if Crystal is crying because Sutton just threw in her face that, you know, the, the town has been talking about what a shitty person you are. Like, it's not a great thing for Crystal to hear. And if you have had a falling out with a bunch of friends and then somebody throws that in your face on national TV... It's going to fucking suck. Yeah, I, would like, be, I would be crying too. I would. But I also would be able to articulate why I was upset. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like Crystal hasn't been able to articulate herself very well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I really understood her when she was upset at Kyle and Dorit a few episodes yeah. ago. Like she made a whole lot of sense when she was talking then. Mm-hmm. But since then, she just hasn't said much. And I think she realized she put her foot in her mouth because... Yep. I do think that Sutton may have said something. I don't Mm -hmm. know if they have it on camera, but I also think she's trying to cover for Sutton and be a friend to her because when they spoke about it, she probably, they both probably agreed not to bring it up on camera and not to bring bring it up again to like move forward. And so when they agreed to move forward and then she kind of said it but didn't say what it was, that was a huge mistake on her part for yeah. for herself because she mm-hmm. put herself in a terrible situation where everyone's upset with her and i think yeah. she's just trying to cover for sudden personally i know i you know i think the thing that is really triggering for me when i watch this is that uh, the the source of all of this right the issue was and this always happens with beverly hills because they hold on to the wrong thing you forget where all this started from, right? And if you think about it, in the beginning, Crystal's actually being a good friend to Sutton. It all started because Kyle was yelling at Sutton and telling her that she had no empathy for Dorit. And Sutton was trying to say, I'm sorry, I do, but just so you know, I do have empathy for her. I understand, you know, I've had my own traumas, I get it. And Kyle is like badgering Sutton and telling her like, no, no, you don't. You don't. Sutton gets upset because she's like, you guys, first of all, you can't tell somebody that they don't feel a thing when they do, which is what you did to me last year. Oh, Crystal saying that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Crystal says that. And two, you guys are not giving Sutton any grace in this moment. But last year, when I said that she fucked up, you guys forced me to give her grace even though I was violated when she walked into my room. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not even about the violate thing, honestly, though. Another thing that um, I had my friend Maya Khan was on um, the podcast last week and she pointed this out when the whole I don't see color thing happened. 
I didn't see anybody else try to comfort Crystal, right? Like Crystal had this thing happen in front of Kyle and with Sutton. And I didn't see anybody go to Crystal later and say, man, that was kind of fucked up what she said to you, isn't it? Like no one tried to help her in that situation. And so I don't think it was just the fact that Crystal felt violated and they all bullied her about being nice to Sutton. But it was also like Crystal had gone through a couple of different things with Sutton at that point in that weekend when they went to like whatever, wherever they were, um, when all those things happened. And she felt like she wasn't getting supported. And instead, she was told that she needed to forgive her because everybody needs to be nice to this like kind of intense, very emotional little Southern white lady. Right. And like Crystal back at this house and in, um, in La Quinta, when Kyle is badgering Sutton, Crystal's trying to say like, where's the grace for Sutton now Yeah, oh, I... that you guys forced me to have. So that happens. And then the next day, Garcelle is telling her, I think you set her up. Which is like such an insane thing to say to somebody who's like, I've actually gone through like the whole, we've gone full circle, like not, well, you know, we've I've done a 180 with this person. I started off not liking them. I cannot believe you think that I would set them up, but they said something problematic. I don't want to talk about it, but we're done. But, you know, she said something problematic. I was hurt, but we moved on from that. And then suddenly it turns into something else and it turns into something yeah. else. But like the whole time, Sutton and Crystal have said multiple times, we've gotten past it. Crystal has said multiple times, we have gotten past it. It was problematic, but we've gotten past it. The only people who cannot move on from it are the people who want to continue to make this into a storyline. And I have a a theory that they want another ugly leather pants moment. That's what they want out of this, right? Like they're trying to get this like, huge fight between crystal and Sutton again because that was such a big hit last season and they're trying to get these girls to getting them you know all worked up so erica and rena work on crystal and Doree and kyle and garcelle work on sutton they get to the dinner and sutton's the only one who ends up kind of losing her shit because that's one thing you can count on with sutton She's going to lose it on camera. But she's been holding it back for so many episodes. And then she said, no, thanks. No, yeah. I, can't, I cannot do this anymore. No, it's so wild. With the last season, though, I didn't expect anyone to come to Crystal's aid because no one was there besides Kyle during that comment. Yeah. What I thought was by the reunion or having watched the whole season, that they would have understood Crystal Mm-mm, after that there. because of the kinds of things, but they both were really rough to each other. Like yes. Crystal said some, yeah. you know, you're she manic. Was just mean. She yeah. they were both not nice to each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just really interesting. And Garcelle, it's almost like Crystal and Garcelle are both accusing each other of, I don't know, bringing up race when they don't want, when they don't think it's about race. Like, yeah. because Garcelle last season had a breakdown where she's like, I'm different. I don't feel like I belong here. And -hmm. Crystal wasn't there to be like, yeah, backing her Mm -hmm. up. And Mm -hmm. then when Crystal was like, you know, this thing happened and something was said, Garcelle's not backing. Like they're both like picking Mm -hmm. and choosing when, um, I don't know, it's very, it's very odd. And I always find it sad and a little bit funny um when all these women including garcelle are asked act 
accepting, like being accused of being racist is like worse than actually saying or doing something racist. Yes. Well, like, this it's is like, like crazy. Like they're like, yeah. that's an accusation. <laughs> like, yeah. Like suddenly. Oh my God, guys. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the part that is so triggering for me. Right. It's like watching this person say, hey, that person did something racist. And then rather than, you know, and then getting yelled at for God forbid, feeling like somebody might be racist. Well, they, they Sutton did something, even if it's a microaggression, right? Like Sutton did something really fucked up. And the pool story, in my opinion, is a fucked up story. Okay. It is not nice. It is really, it is not. Oh my God. No, I, I, I think I just like, didn't, I was just like, oh yeah, that's something that like, and not she not that Sutton's old I do not actually think Sutton's yeah. old but that's something I would imagine an older white lady saying because that's the version of like where I grew up in the Midwest that you were served yeah. which is yeah. like yeah you may have grown up with friends that only looked like you because you were kept from other types of people but when you look out and see your friend your children playing with all the kids and it's not a thing anymore that's like progress Right. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That's what it's, I took it as. But she's so clumsy with how she talks that it always comes off odd. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very similar to uh, to Dorit saying, oh, my <laughs> all the people I've ever hired are brown. And no. my mom has my mom's best friend is black. Like, it's the same thing. OK, I see. Like bragging you know? that your kid has yeah. like diverse friends. And also in the realm of like the conversation, right, which is like you need to see color because you need to I, you need to recognize that in the society that we live in, people of color are treated differently. When when Sutton's response to that is, oh, well, I don't see color because all my kids, my kids are friends with all these different, you know, races. It almost says it almost is, is like saying, you know, I've solved racism because my children have diverse friends. And also she she says there's a black girl, a Chinese girl, and a redheaded Irish girl. And I was like, that's just a white girl. Like, you don't have to say, you know, you're almost like equating all of them too. Like, it's almost like. But Irish yeah, Catholic I'm- was always viewed as different than like the Protestant white. Like, I'm not even kidding. That's yeah. like such a thing. And it's just funny that that was brought up. Yeah, I didn't like- realize that Protestants and Catholics like still had issues in like the United States. <laughs> You know, but yeah, yeah. apparently in some in the South, maybe yeah, yeah, I guess in the South, but and like, vice versa, like certain Irish yeah. Catholics, like you know, like I will never break bread with a Protestant, like my friend's grandma. <laughs> oh damn, yeah, you know, a, from Ireland, is, you know that that's white on white crime. I don't yeah. know about. <laughs> <laughs> it's but, just it's just a lot. I you know what is sad for me with this I feel like this could have been a teachable moment for everyone where everyone's learning including Mm -hmm. myself like Mm -hmm. why you don't want to brag about your kids hanging out or whatever it is but without people jumping down each other's throats and I really think that I don't know Sutton should be comfortable sharing what she said wrong and like realizing why it was wrong like it's okay to learn things I say things that are wrong all the time yeah, same exactly. I'm happy and I, to I, I learn. think yeah, I think it's just hard, right? It kind of reminds me a little bit of like like first they get mad at Crystal for saying too much but then not enough, right? Mm-hmm. They call Kyle has called Crystal a dramatic millennial. She's called her dramatic multiple times. And I actually think I think the the big issue in the group right now 
and why they keep going so hard at Crystal and saying like, oh, she does this to people is that there is a, a stark difference in generations. Crystal is the youngest person in this group. I think she's 38 or 39, right? Mm-hmm. She's going to view the world very differently and she's going to want to talk about things very differently than all of these women who are in their 40s and some 50s. So there's a difference in even like the way there's, you know, even between Arthi and I, Arthi's 10 years older than me. And there's a difference in the way that sometimes we even recognize certain things just because even though we're both on the same side of politics or or the world, the way the world looks to us, there are still sometimes generational differences in how we view racism or microaggressions or how we even want to address it, right? Because of the way that we've experienced the world. And I think that when they keep saying Crystal does this where she makes you look bad or whatever, I think what they're trying to say is that Crystal will call you out on your problematic behavior and you need to watch (laughs) your back. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that that's kind of fucked up because Crystal in that regard is not really doing a bad thing. And, And this whole idea that like, oh, we've heard in town that everybody's talking about Crystal. Like, I'm not surprised that in a predominantly white town in a predominantly white industry that the Beverly Hills people in Beverly Hills, rich ladies in Beverly Hills have something negative to say about a 38 year old, super wealthy, young Asian girl married to an older white dude. I don't white I'm not Jewish shocked. dude. <laughs> yeah. Taking credit not, for that man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised that people have something negative to say about her because of course they do. Like, right. And, and it, it's just all of it seems so silly to me because in one regard, we're talking about how words and reputations are so important. And at the same time, Kyle is like, Kyle's basically like Crystal is a manipulative little liar. Okay. And lost like, 14 friends. You know what? I would rather lose 14 friends than two sisters. Yeah. Girl, there you go. <laughs> we're going to sit here I, and talk about. And yes. I like Kyle. Like I enjoy her on the show. I do believe like she means well overall but can be very shady yeah but i mean come on like to talk about i don't know yeah if you're gonna talk about like it's comical that she would sit here and talk about like oh you lose 14 friends it means a lot like you we've had 12 seasons of your sisters not talking to you for some reason or another Mm -hmm. so like let's not sit here and talk about like and you would agree that there were reasons for it that yeah, we wouldn't we, understand, right? And that's what I think Crystal is trying to say. It's like more complicated and we don't really understand their their friend group. Yeah. I yeah. The whole thing is 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 interesting. Um if you were on the trip with them, would you have tried surfing or would have you gone to go drink and buy a five thousand dollar ring? I would go to drink and buy a five thousand dollar ring. Really? Yeah. Or, I mean, if I could go to the beach and watch people surf. Okay. I would totally surf. Okay. Maybe it would, like, just just boogie board, just, like, rather than, like, get up, because it sucks when you fall. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to get injured. That's fair. That's totally fair. Or would you be Diana and just be completely MIA and then randomly show up? Yeah. She was nowhere. She was not at the beach, and then she was not at the shopping. I think she was just taking a nap. She was taking a nice, long, rich nap. I, yeah, I have no idea. Part of me was like, did they have her child come with her? And she was like, with the kid. But I don't think so. I think she said no. it was the first time she was leaving the baby. 
Yeah. Yeah. She is an interesting one. I am trying to understand her. And I think I understand her more because of like where she's from in the world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I think what bothers me, I've spoken about this before, is people, I'm glad that they brought up the allegations of the Room 23 book because Mm -hmm. everyone, like people are talking about it. But how quickly Bravo watchers look to jump to believe something like that is scary yeah <laughs> to me and and to to believe like I don't know it's like this woman has so much money as if and she's had money for a while and this yeah. was a fun project she she did and Lisa Rinna was photographed in it so was Lisa Rinna one of the women being Call sex girls. trafficked yeah, I, uh, yeah yeah it's just people are so into believing blinds I'm doing yes. a special episode on it in a few weeks but oh, it really irks me that people just believe anything they read from any source and and consequently pisses me off when there is good reporting with good sources like the LA Times article against Erica Girardi yep. and then people brush it off as tabloid like there is such yeah. a difference between a Jezebel article with no proof and nothing out of thin air allegations against Diana Jenkins and Erica Girardi's expose yeah, exactly. I think it's just the way that these women pick and choose what is more believable, right? Like they would rather believe these random stories about uh, Crystal being kind of like a not nice person than they would believe um, that Sutton could have said something racist when Sutton's been on camera saying something racist, right? Like the the it's the it's like this weight of what what is it that we believe and who is it that we believe and it's always going to be the person that we just like less right the way that um rena tried twice to bring up the book and rena and and uh diana basically shut it down garcelle looks at rena and she's like oh so we're, we're not going to talk about the book like it's very obvious that they're all producing and they've all talked about we're going to bring this up on Everything. camera and we're going to try to get this conversation it's, yeah, I do love Garcelle, though. I, I really her. enjoy her. I love her book. I love her stories, all of it. Um, but the Diana part, there's so much of her that rings true to me and that mm-hmm. I really do believe this is the most vulnerable she's ever been. She's talking yeah. about, and I'm surprised it's the first time she's cried. Can we talk about the yeah. fact this is a 48-year-old woman that has carried a child full term had a baby gotten pregnant again five months later then yeah. however many weeks after that has a miscarriage a traumatic like, a traumatic theory. miscarriage do you know what's happening inside her body with the hormones at the yeah. age that she's at mm-hmm. it is uh, it is a lot it is a lot and i i feel like it's overwhelming for her it is. There's a lot of things I don't like about her, like her constantly saying that she's never been to a store and her pretending like she doesn't know how to be like a normal person. I'm like, I hate that. Like, stop. This is like Erica saying I've never cashed a check in my life. Like, stop it. You know how the bank works. You know how stores work. It's fine. Like, stop it with all of that silly nonsense. We know that you're rich. You don't need to play this game with us. Right. Like that stuff really annoys me about her. But it is very interesting to hear her talk about like that miscarriage story. I was like, whoa, like I did not even hear about that or think that this was going to be part of anything. And I, th- I found it to be very interesting. I, what I don't find indis- ind- interesting is that she 
we keep getting her glam that flies ahead and sets up the room. Yeah, I'm like, glam, you see that once, glam, that's, like, that's enough. You enough. don't need to. It's, I don't need to, you know. But again, it also, Bravo editors are really, really big into showing, Beverly Hills especially, they're all about the glam. They're constantly doing the glam. But with uh, even with Beverly Hills, though, sometimes I'm like, all this glam and no glamour. I mean, how right, dreadful. Like, to sit where? To go to what? <laughs> Like if you if they were going to an actual gala, yeah, right, like the Elton John AIDS Foundation, yeah, <laughs> for example, just to pull one out of thin air, yes. it would make sense to get all dolled up. But to get all dolled up to just sit around on a beach is yes. weird to me. I don't know why are they so afraid to show their real faces? They're beautiful <laughs> women. They look Dorit in her most haggard like disheveled stunning. look was freaking stunning stunning yeah, yeah. she's having yeah. a panic attack and i've never looked you know she's looked better than i ever will like <laughs> like even crystal like i actually found crystal to be the most likable at the table because like crystal just came with like a little bit of highlighter on her face and her hair was still frizzy yeah i was like you know what i relate to that also, they're staying at like an all-inclusive resort. So like the dinner that they're seeing and having is like probably just like the standard like nice dinner at like an all-inclusive resort. Like it's not <laughs> it's like all this glam for what? For what? <laughs> I, it kind of makes me sad. I do miss and I have an episode coming up in two weeks on Housewives Nostalgia. Mm-hmm. But I do miss people's like old faces. I do mm-hmm. miss seeing like a little bit of oily skin or hair yes. out of place or uh, an ill-fitting dress. I know that we're all vultures on social media and we're so mean and they're trying to look so perfect <laughs> so that we have nothing negative to say. But mm-hmm. I really wish we could just like see them how they are. But maybe that's yeah. also part of L.A. culture because when I was in L.A., Everyone looked perfect and put together. And I was like, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Can't relate. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone in DC is like stressed out, always yeah. on their like yeah. phone, trying to, you know, do work at crazy hours of the day. And like, oh yeah, I couldn't get my roots touched up because like this bill came to the floor at eleven fifty five PM last night. And like, you know. Yeah, I'm from New Jersey. We try not even to look at each other. So it's like <laughs> Like if somebody makes eye contact with me at a grocery store, I'm like, you're fucking weird. Like, get away from oh, me. Oh, see, I bring the Minnesota to the Midwest. <laughs> yeah. So everyone, pro- I'm probably the weirdo that like is always making eye contact with everyone. And I'm smiling even though I'm in a mask. And I'm like, they can tell. They can tell by my eyes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> oh, my gosh. Any sort of final thoughts on Beverly Hills? Any- anything that you're loving about this season? <laughs> You know, <laughs> the thing to always remember, and I get, and I have to remind myself this too, because I get so worked up, right? Because a lot of this shit is triggering. I am a 30, I'm around Crystal's age. I'm an Asian woman. I have a lot of feelings when I see another woman who kind of reminds me of me, mm-hmm. put her foot in her mouth and then get cornered by these like psychopaths who are giving more grace to this like hysterical white lady, right? Like it's triggering for me too. But I think one thing I have to remind myself is what I said in the beginning of this episode, which is, um, nobody willingly comes on reality TV and is a normal person. So like all of these people, especially on Beverly Hills, have have mastered the art of being wrong almost all the time <laughs> at some point. 
Yeah. Like at some point they've all been assholes and you have to remember that, that they are all going to be jerks to each other at some point. So like, just, you know, it's like you said, sit back. It's like taking a Xanax, just like enjoy yourself. It's like you can get up and go do the dishes and come back and you won't have missed a single plot line like that. That's why that's why I love selling Sunset. It's like you never <laughs> miss a moment, you know, like I'm half the time I'm barely watching it. I'm like doing something else. And then I'm like, oh, I love that series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I watched The Hills and Laguna Beach for like my right? entire Whereas, life. Like, with Potomac in particular, yeah. you can't miss a second because <laughs> a second. you miss a look, you miss a phrase, you miss a salad toss. <laughs> toss of lettuce uh you know it's yeah so but i i appreciate beverly hills for what it is i do um yeah i feel like i don't know the whole old crew the fox force whatever they are was very threatened by that la times article showcasing Mm -hmm. sutton garcelle and crystal together as one And they looked for fractures in that friendship, knowing they couldn't separate Sutton and Garcelle. They knew they could get to Crystal and drive a wedge. And I think they did. Yeah, I I am still very perplexed by Garcelle's moves here. But um, but, you know, we'll see what happens at the reunion, because, you know, Garcelle had this like big falling out with Erica. Then she had a moment with Kyle over Kathy and then right now, recently, she said she hasn't she hasn't um, seen Crystal, but she also hasn't looked for her. I, I think know. is what she said. So and it's part like, of me feels like, and again, I'm saying this as like a white Jewish lady, feels like Sutton and, or that Garcelle and Crystal like see things that are problematic on race very differently. Yeah. And that Garcelle is looking for like really obvious forms yes. of racism, which is what a lot of people like. My parents' age, like, if you don't see it and it's not obvious, if they're not saying the N-word, then, like, how is it racist, right? And I think Crystal's more into the nuance. And I think a lot of these women, partially due to their age and partially just due to, like, I don't know, maybe Garcelle being like, I know what real racism is or, you know, whatever it is. And, like, this isn't that all that serious and you're making much ado about nothing. Yeah. You know, is sort of what I'm getting from her, which I get. Like, that's her right yeah. to feel the way mm-hmm. she does. And I actually mm-hmm. very much receive it. But um, I don't think she's receiving what Crystal's saying, but Crystal's also not articulating it. Yeah. And I think Crystal also doesn't want to be the person who sits there and explains racism to these people. I think it's also frustrating. Like, mm-hmm. we saw we saw Tiffany Moon try to do it in Dallas, and it was so frustrating to watch, right? And I don't think that – and I know Tiffany and – I think Tiffany and Crystal are like very good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Crystal wants to be the person who sits and talks about race. I think she got roped into being that person who has to now explain the situation. And I understand why she's kind of like not wanting to have this very private conversation that she's already had with Sutton on camera and explain to people why this is a problem, because then you are responsible for for all of the Asian people who are consuming this television show and it's a lot of responsibility to have and I don't think Crystal's really that interested I will say the thing about Crystal that drives me crazy is that Crystal does view this group as um not being very bright and it shows yeah and it, it's, that is where she comes off very condescending she is 
she's very she is very condescending and i think a lot of it also is again it's that generational difference right i think you bring up a good point of garcelle being of the age where she's like that's not real racism like real racism is some of the stuff that i've experienced or whatever like crystal's trying to say like yeah you experienced a lot of it but there's still other things that we've experienced at our in our generation that is also problematic and i can understand why someone older might say well that's the stuff you just have to deal with like you know, that's not the stuff you can't get worked up about everything. You can't get worked up about it, right? Like it's that, it's that difference. And I, I wish that they could see that ultimately both of their goal is the same thing, but Crystal's experience is going to be different. And it's also valid versus Garcelle's. What's annoying is that it gives fuel to these like, you know, annoying, like, privileged white ladies to like badger crystal about what is or isn't considered problematic i think that's that's the thing that's upsetting yeah and they're badgering on this issue when like erica is in plain sight acting like none of the charges against her husband are real that she Mm. has nothing to do with anything and that you know i mean that is something it is wild it is crazy crazy and it they, never happened are you kidding it <laughs> happened there's legal documents showing that it happened you know so it's just interesting what they what they decide to focus on yeah yeah i think it's i think it's intentional i think they intentionally do this so that they don't have to focus on all the shit that they actually have going on on their end yeah like i want to know what's going on carl kyle and mauricio's marriage like, I know we haven't brought it up since season four, but I'm ready to hear her defend her man and explain yeah. that they don't have an open relationship and that it's all bullcrap because yeah. rumors don't necessarily mean something is true just because people repeat things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but it, yeah. it's rumors that I've heard. You might as well bring it up. And I wish Diana would just be like, this is so absurd. And it's offensive as someone who came as a refugee, who had nothing, who worked her way up, like that I would take advantage of other people in a vulnerable situation. No, Mm -hmm. like that's not what I'm about. But there's so much about Eastern European culture that is about holding in your emotions and showing strength by not breaking. And so she feels like she gets upset with herself when she shows emotion and she would rather just not talk about certain things when she's upset. It's just yeah. you shut down a conversation. And I don't necessarily think that's helpful, but it's a very American thing to like want to talk through it. And she's mm-hmm. just she's not an American. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> she's agreed. Like, We're done and with it's, this conversation. <laughs> exactly. It's very similar to like Crystal sitting there and just giving Sutton the apology to be like, all right, like, here's I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I will not do it again. And Sun's being super mean to Crystal about it. She's so like, say mean. the words, say it exactly Why as didn't I like. Crystal to shout, let the mouse go. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, I wish she would. Perfect but setup. I, <laughs> but I think Crystal's kind of looking at her like, bitch, I could fucking ruin you right now, but I'm not going to. Yeah. I'm going to give you the apology that you're looking for because I'm trying to be nice. Like, I'm trying to be a nice person to you right now. And it's it's just wild because these women expect especially the fox for flop they expect these women to react a certain way that they're used to and i think it 
really throws them off when people don't do what they did the season prior, right? Like they were so freaked out about Sutton not having a meltdown that when she finally did have a meltdown, Erica and Rena look at each other like, yes, we did it. Like you owe me money. Like I told you it was going to happen by this point. <laughs> that you know? is like, so what they looked like. <laughs> like. They were taking bets on whether or not she would lose it. Oh yes. my God. I hope so, no one ever does that about me. <laughs> like in my nightmare. I lose it all the time. I lose it so easily. It would the bet would have to be like, you know, how quickly will she lose it? Like, is it going to be immediately as soon as conflict starts? Yes. <laughs> Nine out of ten times, yes. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, well, this show is something else. Are you ready for Ultimate Girls Trip 2? I am. I'm excited to see Dorinda yell at Vicky about vaccines. Yes, that's what I'm excited for. A champion of public health, Dorinda Medley. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? You know, I did know. That's the one thing about Dorinda that you could count on. It's like you're yeah. problematic in other ways because you're so fucking terrible to Tinsley. But at least I know that when it comes to like basic human decency like you know like when it comes to like bigger picture things humanitarian issues health crisis like a public health crisis uh race relations all that stuff like dorinda you know yeah, she, she's so going to admit where she doesn't know something she's like why would i know more about a vaccine than my own doctor <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I love that. <laughs> like, yeah. So I'm very much looking for that. I'm super interested in watching Phaedra because um, I feel like Bravo is trying to bring her back. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're plotting like slowly to bring her back into Atlanta and to get Candy to do Candy and the Gang full time. Like, that's what I feel like the network is pushing, that they're trying yeah. to be respectful to Candy. And I don't know. Just the fact that Phaedra's on Ultimate Girls Trip 2 and she's going to make a cameo in Dubai. I know. They they want to make it happen. They're over the false rape allegations and her being involved in criminal activity. <laughs> They're over it. They said, you know what? It's stealing been, cars and selling them and <laughs> trading them in for less money. I Like, What? Um, All right. This has been so fun. Nora, tell everyone where they can find you on social media and where they can listen to The Reality Is. Yeah, you can listen to us everywhere. Podcasts are heard. And uh, we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash The Reality Is Pod. And we are on Instagram and Twitter at The Reality Is Pod. Oh, thank you so much. Everyone check out The Reality Is. Oh, my God. Thank you so much, Mandy. This was fantastic. I love laughing with you. (laughs) I love laughing with you. (laughs) Talk to you soon. 